I don't, did you, I don't know, like, did, there, she's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JV. That's what I was smoking my cigar. <laughs> Michelle Clooney from Queer Spoke. I think most people know her from. Um, and more more recently, uh, I think she's done a little stint on uh, Team Wolf. <laughs> the oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be fun. And she's like a, a super mom. I'm so excited. I think she is. Yeah. yeah. I've been watching, following her social media. <laughs> yeah. And not easy being super mom <laughs> i know her kid's so cool though mm -hmm. like oh my god he's such a well-rounded little guy yeah so, yeah. Uh, yeah i spent most of the day doing gardening because it's getting nicer getting nicer here in london change of season i miss that so much oh my god it's it's a it was my grass was so tall that <laughs> i had to empty the thing twice and you know how small my yard is, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was it was like I, I all of a sudden our brick wall looks like so much bigger. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, your backyard is so adorable. I love your backyard. Very cute. As a matter of fact, um Stanley, uh Hazel's gardener, mm -hmm. uh, and he helps us out all the time too. He um uh brought over Hazel's old I guess it's like a gazebo. It's got like a metal frame. Yeah. You know, and like a tarp. So uh -huh. um I we're gonna try and put that up uh soon and then this way it'll cut, you know, the the way the sun beats on our oh, window. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it'll Absolutely. have and then uh also we found a little air conditioner, like a real air conditioner. Yeah, but it's going to be a lot of work. So we got to have an electrician come. It needs a dedicated outlet. And maybe this summer won't be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not like Rosie Jr., huh? Yeah. <laughs> Rosie can still stay upstairs. We just need something for downstairs. <laughs> All right, we're going to let Michelle in. Yay. Now, she may just be doing audio. Okay. We'll find out. <laughs> oh, if we don't see her, then she's doing audio. Ah, there she is. <laughs> I made it. Hey. You wow. What a um, uh, super mom you are, because we were saying we follow <laughs> your... <laughs> it's so hard. Let me tell you, I, it's, first of all, I got to take my jacket off. I was going to wear this nice little jacket, but I think I'm having a hot flash. So <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm a mom to an eight-year-old boy. He's so cute. He's so sweet. I I got so lucky. I just I don't know the I did something right in my life because me this angel. Like the other day I was crying um because it's just yeah, I'm still homeschooling. It's been three years. Oh my god. Oh, wow. Ashley and I are both like 
done. We are done. We'll never homeschool again. We are like, that's it. And I just started crying. I was like, I'm so sorry, sweetie. You're, we're going to get you in school next year. And he's like, mom, don't look at everything you've done wrong. Look at everything you've done right. Wow. Right. He's, eight. he's so mature. Oh my God. God. Wisdom. Oh my <laughs> and he said that to me and immediately I just, I just, it stopped me cold, you know, because yeah. it was so true, first of all. And, yeah. and then I realized too, that's how I speak to him. Yeah. And so it, it comes, you know, yeah. kids, others, and they speak to themselves the way you speak to them. Yeah. He's, that's he's true. so like well-rounded, you know, mm -hmm. like it seems like he travels so good and he does yeah. karate and he's got the yeah. great line you know these great great observations zingers <laughs> zingers i'm talking like what, one time he walked through the living room too and he has this like i don't know if it's like an inner betty davis or, or but, but he walked through the living room he goes lies lies all lies and I was like, <laughs> like it must just be like in the dna to be dramatic you know that kind of boy exactly. the, the love of drama i remember when he was about i think he was two and a half he was just starting preschool and he was in the den and he was looking for the remote control and he was running around he goes where's the margaret cho where's the margaret cho and i thought he was saying margaret cho and, and i thought Oh, and I thought, God, my, my son wants to know where Margaret Cho is. I said, it, it just must be natural, you know, that he's born into, you know, he's born into this like knowingness of Margaret Cho. <laughs> and I figured it out. I don't sound silly, but I, I figured it out. He was saying remote control, but. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, kid. Yeah, I love it. I, I love, uh, you know, just the little dips and dabs that you, that you post yeah. with him, you know, it's just, it's fantastic. Is it, how do you find it? Like, was being a mom something that was always in the cards? Always. Oh, yeah. I had a plan. Oh no, I wanted to have kids by the time I was 30. You know how you, you're a teenager, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm going to have an Oscar by the time I'm 30. And then I'm going to have a kid. <laughs> then I'm blah, 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 blah. Right. Then life happens and some things turn out better than expected. And some, you know, and, um, I always, always wanted to have a child and, uh, I just, you know, I think my last real chance in like a more like whatever you want to call it, um, uh, like uh, getting married and having a child situation was with this guy I was living with for five years and I just, I couldn't do it. We were set to get married. I, I pulled the plug. I just, I got cold feet and I realized that I would be miserable. He just really got on me for like everything I did. Meanwhile, I was paying for everything and oh. I just. I, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm, I'm going to die in this, I'm going to die in this relationship. And so yeah. after five years, I just said, I can't marry you. I'm sorry. And I thought, I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but dying. I was dying. And I think that it's okay to do that. You know, it's, it's okay. I always tell whoever yeah. comes to me, my nieces, younger women, I'm like, look, if you're, it, it's okay. If you're going forward and you just take a left, yeah. Yeah. it's okay. You gotta go with your gut. You gotta yeah. go. Yeah. I woke up one morning and I had an elephant on my chest and I felt like I was having a panic attack and I said, You gotta go. And that was that was the gotta go. Was he like, Oh, did he did he like give you a problem? Like you're killing me. I'm I don't wanna leave you and um you know, it was not pretty. 
it was not <laughs> i mean he was pissed he was pissed um and you know as is usually the case nobody wants to look at what they've done wrong right no. I, right. I, I i'm not a perfect person but i do feel like i can be like god dang i, I fucked up or i did that wrong or yeah. you know what, i have to apologize to that person keep my garden clean but most often when you're in a breakup it's like you know i'm the victim it's like yeah. no right. That's true. That is so okay. true. Yeah. My yeah. therapist tells me you have to be okay with knowing the other person is probably not going to, they're probably going to hate you. They're probably, at least for a while, they're probably, you have to be okay with walking away and know without them liking you anymore. Like you have to be yeah. okay with that. And maybe with them accusing you of being the villain in the situation. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Even if it's not the truth. Yeah. Especially now. We're living in a very accusatory, you're the villain, I'm the victim society. Oh my God, everything right. is so you know, say you know, something polarized. to someone and they go into a panic attack. And then yeah. it comes off them. And it's like, okay, so I'm now in a situation where I can't say anything. I can't stand right. up for my right. You know? Yeah. But it's very um it's it's an interesting time we live in, you know, and I, I know people yeah. always say that. And but I check in with my mom. She's ninety, and she's like, no, no, no. This is a really interesting time, <laughs> particular kind of interesting time. Yeah, you your know? parents are fantastic too. I love. I just, you know, I honestly, I love your mom. You just posted a picture for Mother's Day. So yeah. adorable. Oh my god. Ninety. Yeah. Ninety. She's ninety, and I. Oh God, it's like, it's, you know, when she was 80, I called her up crying, go, you just turned 80. You're going to die. Soon. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not dying anytime soon. My mom's the opposite. She calls me up and she goes, I'm 77. I'm not going to be here much longer. And I'm like, I don't think that's we, <laughs> that's not how it works. You don't get to Does she guilt you? Yeah. Does she guilt you? Yeah. Um, my mom is 90 also. Yeah, no, she doesn't guilt me too much. It's hard yeah. on her because of the bat, you know. Um, it used she used to, you know, love coming here to visit, but those long haul flights are too uh, much, you know, and she's got MS, so she's uh, got very little stamina and uh, it's you know, it really takes its toll. So I do the back and forth, you know, now like that's me, like every three, four months I try and you know, go no. back a month or, or three weeks or whatever. I can jam yeah. it there, you know. Now I soak her up. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, up. it's like, exactly. Spend a little time together, you know, when she's not sleeping. <laughs> she gets oh. up at noon, takes a nap at two. So there's a small window. Great. Your mom doesn't give you the guilt, though, you know, because I get the guilt. Oh, I, I've guilt. been with you, man. I've been with you when that phone rings. Oh, what's it like? Oh my God! It's don't worry about me. I I'm just calling you to remind you you have a mother. And, <laughs> and I, yeah, right. And I oh, guess you don't miss ouch. me when I'm dead because you don't miss me. Yeah, that's what I get—the Italian Catholic guilt. Yeah, my, <laughs> my aunt was like that. My older aunt was was like that a lot. That was her famous line when she would get mad at you. She'd be like, "You're gonna miss me when I die," and I'm like, or "It's like no." Don't me when I'm dead and buried in the funeral home and I'm like that's not the order dead and buried. <laughs> I'm gonna say something I'm gonna say something I think every mom practically every mom has said something like that yeah. I'm going to admit right here now I've yeah. said something like that to Dashiell 
God. I have. I haven't said you're going to miss me when I'm dead because he, he, if I said that to him, he'd be like, <laughs> you know, right. but I have said that Dashiell, we have a finite amount of time on this planet, you know, yeah. Yeah. choose how you live it, you know, yeah. and you can choose to be happy and you can choose to just like look for all the negative. And like, I mean, sometimes I do, I, I get, you know, if, if, you know, there's someone on the side of the street, there's a guy playing the horn the other day and, you know, Dashiell's like, you know, what's going on there? And I was like, you know, look, he's trying to earn some money to go get lunch. You yeah. know, he's trying yeah. to do this, he's trying to do that. I can, I can not come down hard on him, but I can get really, you know, look, and, you know, there's a wide world and lots of people are living lots of different sorts of lives. And we're only here for a short amount of time. And we don't have a lot of time to fuck around, you know? Yeah, yeah it's true. It's like, you got to make the most of it. You get one chance, you know? You get one chance. And I see it sink in too. I see it sink in. I, I see him register that, you know, uh, you know, even when we were in Hawaii, uh, something happened. He was upset. I was like, you know what? A lot of kids are in school right now. They're not in Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you told me I could go to Hawaii when I was an eight, when I was eight years old, I'd be like, are you kidding me? We were you happy know? with Claremont, Claremont, Florida. We were happy with that. <laughs> Oh, we would go over to, God, where did we go? We would jump in the car and go to Vegas. You know, that was like my dad's kind of like letting off steam. Pack the car, kids. We're getting out of town. <laughs> we'd, we'd all end up in the car with all these like suitcases and board games. And we'd be in Vegas and, or Reno and Circus Circus, you know, when that oh used to. Oh, my exist. God. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty wild. That's nice, though. That's a good that's a good road trip, I think. <laughs> that was great. It was yeah. those road trips. I, I yeah. miss those road trips. I mean, we took so many road trips growing up because we didn't have money. We didn't have the money to like just hop on a plane and fly over here. We were, we road tripped everywhere. The first time I saw San Francisco was, you know, on a road trip and Vegas. And we went to Detroit, Michigan to see our family there. And so I've seen a ton of America just on the road. Yeah. Yeah, we were, I not, we were so stunted. Like I grew up in Niagara Falls. And Did you, I want to take Dashiell there. Oh, it's so, it's so nice, but do it on the Canadian side. Definitely do it on really? the Really? Okay, side. good to know, yeah. Yeah, the American side's like, really? Yeah, yeah bad, just bad city management. So it's just not, oh, it's not as nice okay. as, as Canada is like, clean yeah. and clean, okay. you know? <laughs> But, um, you know, we never went anywhere. And if we did, it was like on a budget airline where you brought your own lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, not much. But I think I lucked out because, like, I did live in Florida, right, Jay, for like 25 right. years. Yeah. And then got to move to London. And, you know, before that, I was like 40-ish when I moved here. And I didn't, I didn't even have a passport. Like I oh, had, really? didn't have a passport until two two thousand nine. Like it wasn't oh. in the card. Like it wasn't. Yeah. This wasn't have, right. Yeah. If you would have asked me when I was twenty five, would I be living in another country? I'd be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'd be like, serious. But how is that? How is that living? I mean, how do you how do you like it? Uh, it's it's got its pros and cons. You know, cons sure. mainly the food. Um. Yeah. My young. Yeah. 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 But um, but I love our little house. I love our, the, where we live, like outside of London. I love yeah. our little green space, and I love that everything was is in walking distance, like oh. dentist, doctor, grocery store, hairdresser, oh. everything. Yeah, that's beautiful. 
Yeah, That's I don't even drive. I don't even want to drive. I don't even have a license over here. I'm cool. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Ah, you can take your soul with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like wallet, phone, keys out the door. Like boom, <laughs> I'm I'm good to go. That's lovely. Yeah. That's just like lovely. it's nice to be able to like this is gonna sound so stupid to just like throw your sneakers on, walk out the door, go get a nice loaf of bread from the bakery. <laughs> like it's just a, so simple. It's a very, yeah. very simple way of life. I will say that. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. That's yeah. a return to the simple, the simplicity. I mean, and for right now, it, it feels, um, I mean, it sounds lovely because everything seems very complicated right now. Very hard. You, you know, know, it breaks my heart too. I got to tell you, I've cried at night about our country because, you know, I, I, I love this country so much. I can't tell you. I love it on so many levels. Like I love it geographically because I have seen it all. I mean, I've drove through the Florida Keys. I've danced my way through the alleys of New Orleans with Taya, my <laughs> co-star. <laughs> you know, I've been to like every state and I've enjoyed lobster in Maine. And my parents met in Arizona and I grew up in Oregon. I live in Southern California. Like I, I really feel like geographically, I have a handle on this beautiful country my sister pioneered alaska i mean it it, it wow. there's that and then there's just the i don't know the what i grew up with was was the american dream it was alive and well and, yeah. and anything felt possible and mm-hmm. um at least to me i'm not saying everyone grew up with that because i understand you know yeah all the problems we have in america but that's the america that i i understood that we were at least fighting for at least going towards yeah um, I, I don't, I, I mean, you know, look, for the first time, usually America is about expanding rights. And for the first time, our rights as women contracted. Oh, my yeah. God. That was shocking. And so where are we? Now we are contracting rights, contracting freedom. And that is what we export is freedom, optimism, right. innovation. Yeah. You know, this is who we are. And so I'm getting chills, but I, I feel like we are losing who we are, yeah. our identity as a country and and then took it to lawmakers who went and we'll take rights away too and health care for trans people and you know, we'll bring a, a abortion you know we'll squeeze abortion rights back down and it's just like oh my god it's it all happened so quickly you so know quickly yeah, yeah. And, and, and at the same time i i, I quickly definitely at the same time it was almost like watching a car crash in slow motion like it was so fast and slow it was i still i don't know what the answer is this is the problem is i see a lot of people upset i don't know what the answer is and even look in our industry with the strike that's going on writers strike oh my god that's going to all over too like i feel like you know uh musicians actors it's all coming it's all coming it's all coming and it has to come because the model right now doesn't work it's yeah. broken. You can't even earn a living wage. You have to. I mean, that's ridiculous. They, they can't earn a living wage. And then they're taking money from actors. They're cutting actors' salaries. Like I just oh, it's, and it's doing it. And and it's there's a couple things. There's like the CEOs are getting 40, 50 million dollars a year. And then also I have a problem with an actor getting 20 million a picture and yeah. then they're not diming everyone else. I think there's right. just gotta be some sort of balance. You know, you want to say to everyone, let's just all get along. If it were only that easy, right? If it were only that easy. And I just I don't know what the answer is. I will tell you I'm doing an event with Lindsay Dowdy, who's she's the head of the local teamster union 
And she's this fabulous lesbian covered in tattoos with a tattoo of Jimmy Hoffa on her left arm. And she does not mince words. Like she's very much, she, the F-bombs are flying. And she did this one talk a couple of weeks ago and she said, I don't know where she was speaking, but she said, you know, when the writers strike, our trucks will not move. And I thought, <laughs> and they're not going to move. And she's like, and I thought to myself, this is who we need right now. This woman yeah. needs to run for president because she means what she says and she says what she means. And you can believe her when she says something. Yeah. And I'm tired of people talking out both sides of their mouth. And I'm, I'm tired of people not taking action. You know, let's get the AR-15s off the streets. Yeah. What is hard about that? Honestly, do you need those for hunting? Do you need and, those for personal safety? And this is the thing. People say, well, it's to protect us from the government. Or blah, 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 don't take away our arms. I'm like, if the government wants you, they're going to get you, baby. Yeah. They've got enough to like, you know, if they're looking for you, your AR-15 is not going to help you anyway. I mean, exactly. It's just exactly. These, the, yeah, these groups, it's just like you think they're they're in these little pockets, you know, of, of Midwest America. But now it's like everywhere that there's little militia camps and you know, like every episode I watch of something on television is about a militia, you know, that's like stealing fertilizer and they're going to make a bomb. And I'm like, oh my God, every program, stop watching the NCISs. It's the truth, though. I mean, like, I, I, I see on the headlines. Michelle, about what used to be the, I grew up, my dad came from Sicily and he came here when he was 15 during, right after World War II. And I grew up with that same America's the greatest country in the world. He was such a patriot and so proud to be an American. And if he were alive today to see oh, yeah. what was going on in the country, like he, I, I just can't imagine how he would feel because that's exactly what you were talking about, how you grew up and you saw the whole country and what you grew up to be proud as to be an American. Wow. And from what I heard my whole life, my dad used to carry a little flag in his pocket all the time and a copy of the Constitution in his, in his wallet, a little copy. Oh. And yeah, I can only imagine what he would, I would, I'm, you know, I'd hate to think what he would think if, if he were here to see what's yeah. happening. Jay, is, is that what, is that what made you tour all the army bases when you did your music tour? Yes, I was, I did. And my dad was alive when I did that. He oh, was so that's sweet. proud of me. When I got to sing at Lucas Oil Stadium at the Colts halftime show, yeah. he just watched that YouTube video over and over. Oh, he thank you. Yeah, he was already sick when I started doing that. And he was uh, so proud of the video. Oh. Yeah. And he would just tell me, you did, you, with his Italian accent, look at what you did. You're singing your song in front of 60,000 people. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. That is cute. So proud of that. Yeah. You know, I hear my, my dad passed away too. And my dad just, um, you know, I found this letter. Uh, it was like, a, uh, what is that? Like a ledger mm -hmm. and online. And it said, my grandfather came over from Scotland. Um, William Armstrong Clooney, 10 years old, and he could read, write, and he was, you know, could do machinist work. And, you know, it was very sweet. And I was like, and he was on the SS Transylvania. And, you know, you think about this and he came, you know, everyone, you know, he was coming from Scotland for a better life. And then my dad left Jersey for Arizona for a better life. And then he went to right. Portland, Oregon for a better life. And, you know, it's just, there's something 
there's something about that pride and country yeah. that I feel is, you know, it's it's missing. We're broken. And, and it breaks my heart because there's so much good here. Yeah. And yet there's a big group of people that just are standing in our way. And look, I don't want there to not be a Republican party. I, in my family alone, I have Republicans, Democrats, independents, you know, yeah. and yeah. there's something great about being able to sit around a dinner table and, and grow up and talk about all these issues and in, in, in an intelligent way without getting upset. Right. And um, I like that. That's what America's about too. Everyone yeah. gets to have a point of view, yeah. but this sort of that we've been infected with by Trump has turned it into this like evil, crazy, and it trickles down to even, you know, I look at Dashiell's life and I look at, you know, even the families and people in West Hollywood, you'd be shocked at how many Republicans are in the most liberal city in the country, West Hollywood. You'd be shocked at the things we've heard, like, you know, why are you wearing a mask? You know, I'm like, we're in West Hollywood. Really? We got to deal with this here? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my my friend Jill Bennett. um, She's an actor out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She uh, said the same thing. Like, they were, her and her wife were here in May. um, And, uh, yeah, she was saying how surprising it is. Yeah. Yeah. The mask thing, getting made fun of, getting yelled at in the street. Pronouns. Pronouns are a big one. I hear a lot of um, people who are Republicans, you know, I don't think they they've ever watched Queer as Folk. And so they don't recognize me. And so I just let them on to them. And I get to hear these conversations. And and this one mom, I remember she's like, you know, we had to pull our kids out of the school. You know, they're teaching him that he could marry anyone he wanted to. He could marry a man. And I was like, you know, if he's if he's not gay, he's not gonna marry a man. So, you know. I mean, it's really simple. Dashiell, Dashiell, I told him Dashiell what transgender was when he was three. We were at Hugo's Cafe, you know, and in West Hollywood, and we're having brunch. And I don't even know how it came up. I think my friend Lindsay was going to join us, and she's transgender. Or I can't remember. And I told him it was a really simple conversation. Some people are born in the wrong body, and they want to fix it so that they can feel settled and whole. And he goes, "Oh, that's great. I'm a boy." You know, and like he understood it. He declared he's a boy. He got the right body. Awesome. Moving on. Like it's a big deal. I know there's a teacher in Florida that's under investigation for showing a Disney movie that had a gay character. Did you see that? It had to be on the news over there, right? Yeah, I had some people come over to the house and they brought a, a movie and they said, it's a nice family movie. It's just very simple and you know, there's no complication. I'm like, what are you saying? They're, they're, what do you like? What do you mean it's a nice family? Oh, movie? Like, I think yeah. it was like Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile. And oh, I think God. she was trying to say that it's like, it won't confuse the children. I'm like, Dashiell knows everything. He yeah. diversity. He's not confused in the least. Yeah. He understands the pronouns. He's <laughs> My mom's 90 and she's like, what the hell is up with the pronoun issue? What's the big fucking deal? (laughs) And she's like, if someone wants to be he, fine. They fine. She fine. I have no problem with it. And I said, because mom, Republicans have to find something to pick apart because their arguments on how to live aren't very strong. So they have to attack these things that are, oh, I like, it's just, it's maddening. I, I, I was watching something. I, I had to, it was probably Anderson Cooper, but um, <laughs> it's like, I he, I have to listen to him to fall asleep. 
I guess. His voice is just very soothing and muffled and I can barely understand what's happening and I just <laughs> end up falling asleep. But he had on um, Pete Buttigieg's husband, uh, Chasson, and they mm -hmm. were talking about the, the Florida teacher. And he said, you know, my biggest argument is that I grew up not seeing anything gay and it didn't make me straight. Yeah. <laughs> or reading something is not going to make a child gay. Because <laughs> if it worked that way, I would be a straight man. That's all I saw. And I was like, what a simple. Well, I think some people it's like, I simulated lesbian sex for five years on TV and I'm still straight. <laughs> <laughs> you can't like, accept. well, and well, that's actually, I have had one relationship with a woman. So, so Before there we go. It was so, research. Research. so, so yeah. <laughs> right, no. like, yeah, yeah, but it's, you know, that was one of the things I was, I was going to ask you because uh, you said your mom was 90, but yeah. a couple of years, you know, back, because I, I met you in, in 2004, right? No, 2004, five. you got, yeah, you guys were coming. We did issues over the rainbow. Yeah. Like, FM radio. Yeah. But that was like the first time I met uh, Sharon Glass too. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up working for her when I lived, when I first moved here in London. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. long, weird road, long, weird road. But okay. well, she was doing a uh, round heeled woman. I was like a PA, yeah, for a little yeah. bit. And, um, and she's just a doll, but, and another one who's such a vocal advocate, you know? Yeah. For yeah. a poor, poor woman, everybody thought she was a lesbian from Cagney and Lacey days. You know, oh, oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, that's just it is that, you know, you can, you can be on a TV program, you can act, it's what you do, you right. know, you know, like, that's just it. Like, I, I just feel like, like I said before, everything is so black and white. Oh, yeah, it's just Republicans. There's no, you know, this is because of, you can't reason with them, you can't logic with them. But I, when I heard um Mr. Buttigieg say that I was just like shouldn't that be enough like yeah. couldn't you say that to any Republican who's fighting to have books taken out of school oh, and oh. you know shutting down any kind of talk about sexuality until from from kindergarten the senior year talk about periods the most scary time of your life I remember starting my period and going yes. what is going on yeah and <laughs> not being able to talk I talked to my best friend Kelly Knight I said what's going on she's like you started your period let's get you a pad awesome I mean it's like you know you all you have are your girlfriends and you have your mom and dad of course but your girlfriends are what like you learn about things together and right. to put any stop on that communication or any suppression on those communication lines is it's so unhealthy first of all it's th this is a problem is that what they want is so unhealthy i mean a friend of mine uh his sister works at um miami hospital where a lot of kids in florida go to get um gender affirming care because it's a oh, liberal yeah. hospital right? yeah and, and it's bringing up all sorts of issues like what can the doctors do what is within their legal right how do they take these children and help them with their hormones so they're not just dropping off a cliff i mean these are scary frightening issues and, yeah. and yeah. it can really harm you mentally and physically and it's already scary I mean I I always say like when I gave birth it was frightening it was fucking frightening let me tell you 
birth is violent. It's going to be violent no matter what you do. And, you know, mine ended up being just nuts with an emergency C-section and I'm privileged. I had two doctors. I was at Cedar sinai You know, I understand I'm privileged and I was still frightened because yeah. you don't know how it's going to come out. You're oh, like, am I going to sit open? Am I going to be like, yeah. is China going to fall out? Like, am I ever going to? You know, you just, it's a scary thing. And so it's just, they're harming so many people. They're harming women. They're harming, you know, transgender children. They're harming other children with, you know, not being able to talk about their period. They're just, they're, it's all about harming almost as many people as possible. Right. And it's a weird, it's a weird thing that they blanket it all in, in conservative Christian. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I really don't think that that's, you know, that's a good enough argument because, I mean, religion is the cause of most wars, uh, you know, most deaths and, and, and you, it seems like that's, you know, that's what they want to fall back on. And it doesn't, how does an AR-15 figure into, you know, conservative Christianity? Yeah. Or but denying someone health care. Yeah. They've twisted their minds enough to make these connections yeah. and to somehow get this sort of, I don't know if it's a cult like way it of thinking. Like a weird level of Scientology. Yeah. Cult. I mean, it feels like they have brainwashed them into making these connections and that they're totally fine. And yeah. that's what happens in a cult, you know, after a while, it's like here, here, here. And before you know it, it's like, oh yeah, gun, Christianity, killing, love. Yes. This all makes sense. I know. It's, it's, it, and it doesn't. It doesn't to the outside, you know, to the rest of us, people who have the ability to logic and reason, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, we, I think that's just it is that they shut down. They don't want to hear anything. It's, it's terrible. Like I always tell my mom when I'm coming home, especially for a holiday, um, my, my stepdad's family is very Republican. I'm like, no, no politics, <laughs> no politics. Or I'm going to punch someone in the face. And I, I don't want to be that person. But I have it in me. So no politics. So yeah, we have to just shut it down. Yeah. It's, and yeah. It, it's well, terrible. I, I think it's ruining families too. Oh, it's horrible. My yeah. family is not the same since Fox News because yeah. you know, we grew up in a time where we could talk to each other. And yeah. my sisters are Republicans. My brother is a, the most um, progressive Democrat you'll ever meet in your life. Beyond <laughs> me. He's like, you know, if the beyond me. He's very liberal. My mom and dad are just Democrats, you know, and uh, so blue dogs, I guess you would say. But yeah. I grew up when there was a time when it was fine. That was just how it was. And no one, like, we, we didn't try to take each other down. Yeah, never get vicious, you know. No, no vicious. vicious. And then yeah. it just got to a point where every time I went to my sister's house, one of my sisters, she would um, always ask me about Nancy Pelosi's desk, I guess. It cost 18000 And she would ask me about this desk, like, over over and I was like I don't know Nancy Pelosi I didn't help her pick out the desk I, I'm like <laughs> you know I, I I just I can't answer to that I, I don't even know what you're talking about but once again it's just Fox News just like drilling these talking yeah. points yeah whatever they can like strands they can grab onto Nancy Pelosi's desk pronouns yeah. and yeah, it's yeah. A, in our family we 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 don't do the holidays together like we used to wow. and it makes me sad and I, I'm not lying there have been days when I felt like doing a class action suit against Fox News. I know. Because, uh, and Trump, I mean, they've harmed families, they've harmed children, they've harmed, they've, they've not only have they torn apart the fabric of this country, but they've torn apart families 
for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't yeah. Just be they literally journalism, like ruined no journalism. Families that were torn apart. Yeah. I know families that were torn apart yeah. by that. Yes, by the politics yeah. that they exactly don't do holidays together. They don't speak to each other. Families that did holidays together for years, like their yeah. whole life, 20, 30 yeah. years, suddenly yeah. were not doing holidays. And a lot of what started the divide was um, the mask wearing and the not the people that didn't want to wear the masks. And that the became that, so political, didn't it? Started, and the, yeah, and then when the, obviously when the election, you yeah. know, when the election came around and I know um, I'm scared. This is an election. I mean, it's coming. It's coming again. It feels yeah. like it's going to be a repeat. You know, like we were talking about the America we grew up in. There's a time when it, being a gentleman was valued. You know, my father right. always said, right. Pass it to a gentleman for those moments when you feel like being anything but. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, there is a value on that. And I don't see that anywhere. Coming back. No. I don't see I don't see people, you know, I was in Beverly Hills the other day. I had to take Dashiell to the dentist. And I mean, people are just cutting each other off. Nobody smiles. It's yeah. just like I'm like, oh, give me a fucking break. You, your problems are not that big. Some right. people have real problems. You could at the very least you could be a gentleman and you could smile. Yeah. And I just found it to be there is the lost art of being a gentleman of common. I was on the phone last night with a friend of mine. He's an FBI agent in New York. And we are like um, husband, wife, phone buddies. Like we talk all the time and, and we have great conversations and he tells me what's going on in the FBI. And I always ask a ton of questions. And I said, I feel like we have lost, you know, common decency, decency. Um, gentlemen, yeah. being able to have conversations with different points of view, being able to agree to disagree. And it, it's so frustrating to me and it's so heartbreaking to me because as you know, you're talking about your father, my father was a gentleman and he believed that you just, you're a stand-up guy and you do the right thing. And when I say that, I'm talking about women too, gentle women, you know, that you just do the right thing right. and you right by people and, and you don't try to cheat people and you're a person of your word. And there's like all these like ethics that I grew up with that I just thought they're inherently American because right. I grew up in America. So I thought this is just kind of like who we are. We're not here to cheat people. We believe in standing right. in line, you know, yeah. we, we rush something and try to like, you know, go like this. We believe in a cue, you know, we have, you know, that thank you from, you know, England. Um, <laughs> it's democratic, right? To stand in a line, to be yeah. fair, to all these things that I just feel are breaking down. And I guess that is when you see a society breaking down is when you start to lose those manners, those yeah. that basic common decency and that's what yeah. it worries me it worries me for you know with my son and I, and I don't want to sound pessimistic because I there's got to be an answer but it, it it there needs to be a big shift and I, I I don't know what the answer is there's got to be one I just don't know what it is because I feel like too you know what, remember when we were fighting for equality marriage yeah. we fought in the streets and we we protested and we threw parties. And I remember going to Trader Joe's and getting a case of wine and, you know, going to, I got my friend's brownstone and we threw the, the fundraiser for the March on Washington. And like, we just, we did things and they worked, right? Yeah. And so sometimes I'm at night, I'm, you know, laying in bed, you know, I've had too much coffee. I'm in bed at night and I'm thinking, okay, so that worked. We got a quality marriage and I'm thinking of the steps. So how do we use that as a template to make things work now? But the problem is, is I, I, I feel like there has been activism. We have been in the streets protesting, but there's no, nothing's changing. 
it's like a gridlock. Yeah, no action it. comes of There's, it, you know. No action. And, and, you know, we got equality marriage and I'm thinking, okay, so who spearheaded that? You know, we had people talking to Obama. He was evolving. He knew he had to use that language so that people didn't think that he was in for equality marriage from the get-go. I, I, I understand it all, but now I don't see that working. I don't see the activism working the way it used to. I hear a lot of noise. Like I see a lot of people on social media, myself mm -hmm. included, making noise, great arguments, protest but but it's not adding up to anything right well, you're right it stops at the steps i always you know yeah. like all right all the way and bigger i mean the women's march that was like one of the biggest things i've ever seen yeah. you know simultaneously in 50 states and then how could that not work how could that lead to overturning roe versus wade you know yeah. like we did yeah. all and it yeah. still happened like it, there, so that's what's right. confusing for me is that we're doing everything that we we should be doing, that I think we should be doing, and it's not working. So what is what is broken in it? But is I just it... don't see things happening fast enough. And I don't know if I'm just being impatient or, you know, like I've over doom scrolled now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like now I can't get myself on the positive side of things and. But it could be too know. that I, I've talked to a friend of mine works for Jill Biden, and it could be that Biden's waiting for a second term. And then once he gets in, because if he gets too political right now, if he does any executive orders that are too yeah. you know, yeah. explosive, let's say, then he's not going to get that second term. But if he can just kind of like keep cool, get that second term, and then maybe we could make some real progress. I, yeah. I don't know. That's the I, hope, isn't it? Because not much is has done in four years. Like yeah. I, I get that. You know, the, the media right now is terrible. It's it's on every level. Well, they call Diane Feinstein ghoulish. Look, we all know she needs to pass the baton. I don't know what she's thinking, but to call her ghoulish, yeah, it's spirited. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. Me, I look at her and I say, here's a woman that she just loves what she does, and I and I know everyone when I say this are like, oh, you're you love her, and I'm like, I do, I do love her. She's 90 years old. She's committed her entire life to public service, and she just can't let go because <laughs> she just loves it so much, and yeah. she she loves the country so much, and she was there when Harvey Milk died, and it's like this is her whole life has been this. Yeah. She can't Oh, and is that such a bad thing? And yes, she needs to let go. Look, it's really messed up that she hasn't. But to call her ghoulish, it's a clickbait culture, you know? And that was New York Magazine that used the word ghoulish. And it was written by a woman. Oh, God. Yeah. I was like, know, I, honestly, that's what I mean. Like, the the media, their, their involvement in politics is so extreme. Awesome. Yeah, it's so extreme. But then today I was just watching something about um, Harry and Meghan getting run down by paparazzi in New York. What was that? What was that? They were leaving that. that they were leaving that event that they went to, and they got chased by paparazzi's. But they did everything right. They switched cars. They, you know, uh, they had, you know, a plan to get out of there the back way. All that other stuff. But motorcycle paparazzi's, moped paparazzi's chase them down just like with Diana, but they were going up on the sidewalks and, and pedestrian putting pedestrians at, at uh -huh. right just, is it just for pictures? I mean I don't I don't even get it. Like I've never felt that way like about an actor or an actor. Like I've I've never been that extreme, but it's never been my job, yeah, you know, yeah. like for a paparazzi to get a 
a certain shot could change their lives monetarily, but at the risk of killing someone seems a bit extreme, you know, like it's, it's just ridiculous. I can tell you some stories, you know, you get emails from reporters asking about my birth, asking about this, asking about that. And the good part is that I have a really, I, I I draw boundaries well. And so I I think, and I've also, um, taught Dashiell, I've really kept him really sheltered, you know, sheltered, and yet he knows a bit of things. And so I I ride that balance of like giving him enough so that when he's a teenager or starts Googling, he's not going to be like, oh my God, and have a breakdown. So I give him little pieces to chew on at a time. And over time, he figures things out. And yet I've also managed to keep him sheltered, but I've had TMZ and this and that and this. And for the most part, I would say people have been respectful. I don't think I breed. Um, I think some people may want that. And so they seek it out. I think it, sometimes if you remain boring, people just go, oh, that's <laughs> not that interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I think that. Yeah, I think people, if people like, or if you lay low, like people are going to go after the people that are craving that spotlight, that are putting themselves in situations to get the attention. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't I, know. But. I think so. I, like I do. I mean, I think about like a lot of actors on uh, on most of the programs I watch are never in headlines or never in, you know, they're, they're you know, they're yeah. very low key professional actors. They do their job and they go home, you know, it's, it's the Kardashians in the world. I actually, I think, who was it? It was my old agency that wanted me to meet with the producers of Beverly Hills Housewives, the real Housewives of Beverly oh, Hills. Oh, Lord. And it was like right after Dashiell was born. And I just said, well, it's a lovely thought. And the money was right. But I said, I don't want my son around that. You know, we got enough going on. It's like, yeah, I yeah. just don't. And I'd be that person that would come on the show and I would just rip everyone anew. Like, I would just <laughs> Why don't you go do some activism? Go feed the homeless down at the soup kitchen. I, mean, I don't care about your man here. I mean, I would just be like, yeah. everyone would hate me. Yeah, that's why they asked. <laughs> They're like, you're the perfect person to hate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I didn't, I mean, I guess I could have gone down that road but oh that's so intrusive though day and night so intrusive and also i knew that it would all we would already have our challenges and i just wanted to raise dashiell really feet on the ground and you know and take him all around the world in many different ways i mean dashiell's been on private planes he's been on helicopters and he's also flown coach at two o'clock in the morning to go see my dad in the hospital and you know Pete's on the side of the street corner, you know, sitting on a park bench or, you know, I, I've given him a lot of different experiences yeah. with a lot of people. And I think, um, I think it's good for him. And I think it's the way you should be raised, especially if you have the chance to grow up and maybe do a little something in the world, you know, yeah, get into activism himself, maybe donate and work towards cleaning up the ocean, cleaning up this. I think it's good to get out and see the world. So you have an understanding of what people are going through on a real level, you know, and I tell him, and I know this sounds, I I probably sound like a horrible mom, but you know, he has a right to complain about certain things sometimes. Sure. But I also say, look, there are also kids in bomb shelters in Ukraine who yeah. just said to their parents, yeah. they don't know when they're coming back. Right. I yeah. said, there's a lot going on in the world right now on many levels. And we have to see 
what are we grateful for? What have we been given? What can we do with it? How can we help? You know, but to have that overview, so it, it puts things in perspective, especially in a city that like, there's a reason why I haven't entered the school system. I just, you know, we were at preschool and there was this five-year-old kid saying to someone, hey, I like your Lamborghini. Well, I don't want my son to be raised around that. And yet here we are in the middle of it all. And I'm homeschooling still. (laughs) But I think that he has a great chance. Like I said, I think he has a big heart. And I think if I can keep him pure in that, I can help guide him to maybe make something happen in the world, make help make some changes, you know? Yeah. I mean, the future is him. You know what I mean? Like that, that is the future. Like they've, I can't, I can't even imagine what it will be like, but I do think that, you know, you're showing him enough that he's not in a bubble and that's he's not in a bubble really important. at all. Yeah. And anytime yeah. I feel a bubble, I break it. <laughs> I just break it. I'm like, cause I, I don't live in a bubble. And I, I think that, you know, he's got to know about, you know, he's really into marine biology. And I said, well, there's a, there's a chance by the time you're a teenager that they'll have the majority of the plastic out of the ocean, you know, cause a lot of people are working on it, but there's going yeah. to be these little tiny microplastics that are all over the place. And so how do you solve that? So I'm trying to like point him in the direction of like, this may be solved, but then this bigger problem is going to exist or things like that. You know, we talk about. Yeah, that's the age. That's the age to get him. Like my my wife's nephew in Australia is very much into like planets and NASA and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the she encourages it like crazy. You know, she sends him books and T-shirts and, you know, NASA hats and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he had the planets on his shirt for Halloween and they send pictures and videos back and forth. And he's got like a real, like valid interest. He yeah. does goes on these rambling videos about, you know, what's out there. And, and the- oh, he sounds like Dashiell. They probably yeah. get along. Yeah. Really yeah. Cool. He's super, <laughs> he's cool. He's like on the cusp of being nerdy. Cool. Yeah. That's my wife. I, She's I think the kids get there. Um, they get, they, they kind of feel it themselves. And if you can, encourage that when they feel it like i have an eight-year-old nephew and uh he we were going to lunch one day he came to work with me one day and so i I said yeah the day the work the day at work take your kid to work day and (laughs) so um we were on the way back and he said you know i'd like to to start a hot dog stand and i said oh that's nice i said you know that's in we didn't go for hot dogs but he just says he wanted (laughs) a hot dog stand and he said, um, and then I'd like to feed the homeless people with the hot dog stand. And this was just out of his head. He's got this, this like longing to feed the homeless people. And he said that more than once about other things too, but he wants to start Jack's hot dogs and he wants every hot dog he sells, he wants a homeless person to get a, a hot dog. And I'm like, are they getting a drink with the hot dog? Oh yeah, they should have a soda or a water with the hot dog. But I just thought that was really out of the blue. I mean, yeah. I took him for a happy meal at McDonald's, right? And then he's like, he wants to start Jack's hot dogs and he wants to feed the homeless. And I thought that was so sweet. But yeah. like, we, we also like will encourage that in him when he says that. But I think it's great that you're making your son aware when he's around so much plenty that there are people that don't have that. And yeah, 
and there are a lot of problems to solve. I mean, I, they're just yeah. this generation. I mean, right now we have a lot of problems to solve, and and unless we start solving them, it's just going to, you know, progress and and become more so. And so his generation has their work cut out for. Yeah. for them but i think but i i believe in his generation the way dashell talks and the way he talks about others and the way he sees the world and i see friends of his and i think his generation has a really um their feet on the ground and they care you know just like what you mentioned about your your nephew and the hot dog stand there yeah. there's something yeah. really special about this generation it's and i think crazy, isn't it like i listen to the way kids talk today you know, like yeah. listen to eight, nine, 10 year olds, the way they talk and what they're interested in and, you know, their, um, their level of passion. And I think to myself, oh my God, when I was nine, my life was about like, you know, mud pies and softball and <laughs> mud pies and like flesh and <laughs> I want to pick two, too. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything you know, like I remember sitting me down in high school and saying, do you have any idea what you're <laughs> anything spring into mind? Like yeah. any direction you want to go in? And I was like, nope. You know, yeah. all my friends were shooting off and applying to colleges. And I was just this is well, this is what's funny is so we're in Hawaii and Dashiell cries every time we leave Hawaii. And oh. I was talking about, you know, Obama went to school here. And so he goes, where did he go to school? And so we're driving by the place he went to school, Punahou, by the way. And then I called the head of admissions at Punahou because Dashiell's like, you know, I, I said, well, they produce leaders. They they produced Obama and they produced the, the uh, guy who started up AOL. And it's a really special school. Something special is, is happening there. And Dash was like, I don't want to go to a school where they produce leaders. That sounds amazing. That's what, now I was not thinking like that. Like you said, when I was eight years old, I was just trying to get through school and, and I, I really wanted to just dance. I just wanted to dance. That was it. And, um, and, but I, but I do see something with this generation. I don't know if it's because they have access to YouTube, but I see a lot of scientific knowledge. Yes. <laughs> All like many scientists and yes. they're talking about planets, marine biology, you know, um, the ecosystem and the Amazon. And, you know, I'm thinking, did I, and like you said, I'm like, I don't think I thought about that when I was eight years old. No, I think oh my internet, God. It was like part of the internet. I can't believe myself, why can't I make, why can't I make a live and play in volleyball? <laughs> you know, like that wasn't even an option or, you know, like it never crossed my mind to think about a sports scholarship or, yeah. <laughs> my goal was to get out to just get out I hated being out of school so badly anybody leaving anybody got a car who's driving you know like I was dancing my way out of high school I, like, you were dancing. I, I love dancing I still to this day I love dancing I I, I love dancing that but, was that was your that was how you got started though wasn't it yeah yeah like, I, I, through dance dancing. My mom took me to my first dance class and I was like bitching and moaning. And then I took it and I couldn't stop. I was obsessed with dancing. I went on to do, you know, tap, jazz, modern ballet. And I actually, I remember this was like the week before I was graduating high school, my friend Joe had left Portland. We were both apprenticing with the Keith Martin Ballet Oregon Dance Company. And he'd moved to New York and it was like such a big deal. And Joe called me and he's like, I am apprenticing with the Joffrey too. I'm waiting tables. It is awesome. You got to come here. And I'm thinking, 
oh my God, wait tables and apprentice with a job for two. I don't know. It's just like, I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. That doesn't. And, I, and all I remember is I was in the studio and this older member of the company walked in and she was so skinny. I thought she was going to pass out. And I remember thinking, I can't do it. I can't be that skinny. I can't be like, there's the stuff I saw in ballet at that time was like, 16 year olds doing coke trying to be really skinny yeah smoking cigarettes starving themselves anorexia bulimia was just kind of like that was just the norm yeah i couldn't my i was too healthy my mom was like i i am not gonna let you do any of that you're not gonna starve yourself and so i realized quickly that as much as i love dancing at that time you had to be a stick and there was no way i've always had a booty there was no way i was going to be a stick i could starve myself from here until kingdom come i'm always going to have a booty and I just didn't want to put myself through that physically, you know, but, but that was the era of Gelsie Kirkland, Suzanne Farrell, and those tiny ballerinas. And now we've got Misty Copeland and we've got a yeah. healthy, you know, voluptuous, more, you know, right. womanly. Um, yeah. Even like models like Ashley Graham, you know, finally, yeah. you know, like, geez, it's just, it's, it's about time. I was just watching one of the girls. Did, I don't know if you know the series, the uh, Dairy Girls. No, what is that? Uh, they're about Irish teenagers, and it's um, it's over, it's over here, but it's made its way to the states, you know, because of the streaming platforms. And it's like three seasons, and you know, a season over here is six episodes, so it goes yeah. by really fast. And now over here, it's six episodes. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> England. Thanks, <Right>? Netflix. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're, they're uh, all different shapes. You know, like the 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 cast is. Yeah. You know, some are curvy, some are uh, chunky, some are tall, some are thin, some are short. But one of the the women's that the the women that plays a, a nun at their school um, was nominated for a BAFTA, and nice. they were asking like, "Who are you wearing?" You know, or whatever. And she said, in her Irish accent, like, "I'm going to tell you what I am wearing a dress off the rack because I'm not going to work with a designer that won't make a dress for my body." Oh, not nominated for something. So it was like they'll come to her when she's nominated for something, but when she's right. not, they don't want to have anything to do with her. So she right. called them like right out, like right in the interview. And I was like, well done, man. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Oh, so, like you know, so I think like it's weird that we're making these teeny tiny little strides, yeah. but we need to make like such bigger ones, but we can't not celebrate the little ones you know? absolutely yeah. Oh, so, we, yeah, I, I, I wish that i would have you know i wish what was happening in dance was happening when i was coming up you know yeah or even what was happening in in hollywood i mean like i said it's two steps two, two steps forward one step back but you know i have you know like my my goddaughter i mean i i know people you know girls who are 15 16 18 and they're making their own short films you know that was not anywhere in my mindset when not I was in the, realm, in the realm of possibility, right? I mean, I think when I studied with Milton Katsalas, then I realized that I could direct, and I started directing, you know, pieces in class, and and then I got queer as folk. But um, but now it's like it's great to see young girls just like, yeah, I'm a director, yeah, I'm writing, yeah, I'm creating projects, yeah, I'm creating. So that's, I mean, there are a lot of cool things going on. You know, yeah. we'll just have to see where this writer strike, how it all shakes down. Oh, I know it's got me a nervous wreck. I'm like already waiting for episodes. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh no, like, because it's weird over here the way we we don't get something until the entire season of it plays out in America. Oh. Then we get it. 
So we're um, already like seasoned. Behind. Behind. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, and then there's a lull after that's over with because you're we're waiting for your season to finish before mm -hmm. we get it again. And I'm like, when are we even going to know if there's a writer's strike? Like if it, if it affects that show, it's going to affect everything. It's you know, affecting everything. I think the whole thing is going to be turned upside down. I mean, the internet and technology, it just, it happens and streaming happens so fast that no one had time to catch up with the business model. Right. And now I think it's kind of like a, a moment of reckoning. Everyone's got to catch up with the business model. I mean, you know, singers, songwriters have to be paid. Oh, Actors yeah. have to be paid. You know, you can't, it's, it's squeezing the middle class to the point where a blue collar working actor used to come to the city and get their health insurance and support their family. Yeah. That doesn't happen like it used to. <laughs> no. At all. no. And it's, you know, it's, they take the guest star, which is top of show it used to be 8,500, you know, a week or 6,500. And you could do three, four and make your living for the year as a blue collar working actor and get your insurance and get some residuals. And now they take that guest star and they create a one day co-star part. All your scenes are shot in one day. Um, and it's just the corporate model of just squeezing, squeezing, squeezing until, you know, you, you've pinched every penny to the point where your workers and your artists cannot afford to survive. And and then, you know, game over. I mean, I don't know where they think this is going. It, it, it The corporate model, it doesn't, it only works for corporations. It doesn't work for a thriving artistic business. And corporations have warmed their way into movie making and television and you know, it's like, oh my God, sell your microwave somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like leave it to the, leave movie making to the movie makers. You know, mm -hmm. like it's, I remember it on uh, 30 Rock, like watching 30 Rock when it was, you know, when they kind of had that fictional scenario of uh, GE or somebody, you know, buying in and all that. And you were like, oh my God, this is mirroring real life when you hear about this kind of stuff happening. And it's just- yeah. Yeah, well, it, used be, it used to be a people, a, a business of people, you know, and, and a, an actor would walk in and audition and get to know the casting directors and those casting directors would fight for you. I had so many casting directors fight for me to get the job because they knew me and they knew I would come in every time I was called and I'd come in prepared and I would, if I didn't get the job, I'd show them something new to do with the role. And so you create these relationships and now I have no idea who I'm auditioning for. I have your thing. And I mean, I recognize a few names, but a lot of the new casting directors, I don't know because you're not walking in the room. Right. Anymore. And it's just it's very different. weird. Yeah. And like, you know, the I heads mean, of the studio, they used to be owned, you know, by people. Right. And we were making movies about people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's different. And it could be good. Maybe something will come from all of this, but you know, I think it's it's good to know that if AI can replace writers and maybe actors, then AI can replace studio heads. You know, you can save 40 million a year because why can't AI learn how to run a studio? And that's scary that that's happening, that AI can replace the writers. Something that could be so, art, that's so artistic could be replaced by a robot. I, my niece is a journalist and she was telling me that that's uh, a real thing in her field. They tell her every day that AI is taking over writing. I was so surprised to find that out. It's but they sick. plug in what they want you to write about and they put it, they make it into the robot does it. So, I mean, they're not doing it yet where she's working, but it's a threat. That's I so that far already that that's happening. It strips all kinds of character and personality and yeah. 
I mean, where's the R? Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to replace humans completely in a good way. I don't think it can, but it could give you a nice first draft. You know, it could do this, it could do that. I mean, the problem is, is it's here, it's here to stay. So we have to figure out how to work with it. You got to figure out if AI is going to do the first draft, you got to pay some writer, any writer, whatever writer types it into the AI system, pay that person. But some needs to be paid. And that's also what I think the union is fighting for, should fight for that. But it's, it's just a different world. I mean, I think technology is just changing so quickly that we can't keep up with it. Yeah. The ethics of it. True, right. The ethics of it. Exactly. When the people had to, um, had to defend their lives that they weren't obsolete. Remember the Twilight Zones where, <laughs> where they had to go defend and, and, and tell this big this person in a giant desk, you know, why <laughs> they should still be living, that they, why their life is matters in the world. Oh, that's great. That's I a great thing. do this every day. Like yeah, everybody. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was pulling out of, so there's a garage. I always park in this one garage in Beverly Hills. Every time I go there, if we have to go there for a doctor's appointment, I park in this one garage and there's always the same lady there. And we have a shorthand and, you know, these, the people that you go about throughout your day, it's like they create the fabric of your community and you see 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, I've been seeing the same dry cleaner for 40 years and we don't ask each other deep questions (laughs) that I know their face and they know me and we have a shorthand and they know I get 30% off because I've been coming here for 30 years. (laughs) And if they don't give it to me, I'm like, you know, my number, you know, like connection right and so we come out of this parking garage and the booth that she used to sit in was gone the whole booth was gone and there was this little there's this little thing here and you just put your ticket in and I I pulled up and she wasn't there and the booth was gone and I put my ticket in and I I didn't even put the ticket in the bar raised it read my license plate I didn't oh. even put the ticket in and I drove out and I thought she was such a nice lady too. Yeah. And she gave, me, she gave me a thumbs up. You're good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, and it was a small exchange, but she was one of the people I've known for 20, 30 years, you know? And, oh. and the guy at the gas station and the person here and the person there. I love the fabric of my community. And I've always been like that, wherever I am. I create a fabric in my community and those are my people. And I, I go to the same places for 30 years, right? And she was just gone yesterday. Okay on and I and I know I don't mean to be so dark but I love people so much yeah I was so excited to talk to you this morning I, I was so excited to meet you I I I I remember when we met I remember I think I was wearing brown cords and a denim jacket like yes. I remember we were looking for the smoking area at the radio station yes, like, <laughs> yes exactly I was like like these tiny moments mean so much to me yeah. and they're just being stripped away and I'm like, where is this going? Are we going to live in pods where everything is? Right? Like, yeah. I, 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 I feel like we need to somehow like remain people who are connected yeah. and we, we can't strip it away so much. And I, I, I know something good yeah. will come from all this. <laughs> yeah. 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 We have to figure it out. It's a, yeah. Community is, is really important. And that's, oh. God, is it ever? It's weird because like here, um, basically it's like, I don't see a lot of people. Like I, I, I do, I shouldn't say I don't see a lot of people, but 
like it's funny to me like now that I don't like our pub closed of course corporation oh. sold off the pub like had the they had <laughs> they had a chain of them and they got worried about Brexit the investors and they wanted the money back so they sold our pub to be able to pay back investors so it's still sitting there closed up boarded up it's so sad but when I walk up and down the street for something I will inevitably see one of the customers and they always remember you know and that and they're, they're older yeah you know and it's yeah. just so cute they're even the one on the scooter it's like hey pub girl like they don't Pub girl. Yeah. I mean, it's like tasty donuts. We go to tasty donuts every time Dashiell gets a new belt level in Taekwondo. We go to tasty donuts. And <laughs> I, I can't tell you the guy's name. He doesn't right. know our name, but we've been going there for years and we go in and we get a donut. He's like, What belt level are you? And my son does Taekwondo. And we talk about it. We talk. And it's a tiny exchange, but I love it. it I love they don't have to be perfect and they don't have to be, but you know, the lady at the dry cleaners, you know, it's, they, they own it. It's a, it's a mom pop dry cleaners and the woman, she makes the most beautiful jewelry. This stuff should be in Neiman Marcus and yet she's making it and she does it. And it's like, okay, it's $30, you know, and this is beautiful necklace. And so like, I, like these little tiny exchanges mean so much to me. And I, I worry about that human touch, you know, yeah. and yesterday it just hit me when I saw the little kiosk that she sits in was oh, gone. And she was yeah. gone. That's <laughs> tragic. Yeah. Like, no. ways we have to communicate with each other. No one talks to each other anymore. Yeah. There's, a, there's this woman on Instagram I follow. Her name is Carrie Dressler, and she does this character called Mustang Deb, who's from the 80s. And I love her because she plays the 80s music. She's got the 80s hair and she's on she's on the phone and she's supposed to be talking with Marty McFly and this one oh, little yeah. cousin. She's like, hey, Marty, I need a favor. I need you to go get in the hop in the biggest DeLorean you can find. And you have to go to 2020. I have some 2023. I have some friends trapped there and it's terrible, man. You have these little phones, but nobody talks to each other. They text these little messages. All the pizza huts are closed. You can't, or you can't sit in the pizza huts and all the golden girls are dead. Like she's going through all this stuff. All the, the Coke cool. tastes worse than it tastes now. But I'm like, man, that is so true. If you describe 2023 to somebody yeah. back in the eighties, it doesn't oh, yeah. sound so great, you know? We would never believe it. Yeah. so true yeah. that's what i yeah. feel like my mom struggles with you know like yeah. I, like I, I watch my mom kind of struggle with you know technology uh you know progress and and you know they still have like a cordless phone i'm like why oh, really? why do you have this why do you have this and you I know it'll, it'll ring and then it'll say unavailable like, cause it's supposed to tell you who's calling, yeah, you know, yeah. it just yells out mom, available. Like, can I tell you, my mom embraces technology so much. Sometimes so I will lucky. call her, she's 90 years old. I'll call her and I get a message saying, can I call you later? And I'm like, oh my God, she just used that on me. She's, she's 90 and she's like too busy to answer herself. That's hilarious. Does she get in trouble with it? Like she gets in trouble. Does she get in trouble with it? Like do the wrong thing and be on Facebook Live and not know it, and then we're like, oh my God, she's on Facebook Live. Somebody's got to get over there. She doesn't even know it. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I, I I do know. She's like people pop up on my Facebook page. I'm like they're just posting on your page. Like, <laughs> them. And I'm like, 
well, let me go and look at it. And, and she's got, we got troubled with her Gmail right now because I set up her account. So she needs to like get a password to get back into it. And it's like, so she gets in trouble, but she's really good about texting, um, calling. She likes her Apple phone, her iPhone. She's, she's good with email. I mean, she really caught on to technology. In fact, I think she likes it. She likes her little iPad and she um, really, yeah, yeah she's got iPad she loves the scrolling. She likes yeah. checking out recipes and like, she loves this girl, Kimberly Snyder, who lives in Hawaii part-time. And she's like, that's a great idea, Michelle. Why don't you do what Kimberly I'm like, her kids are in school. I'd have to find a school there. And she's like, she, she, she loves it. I mean, I think it just, you know, for a woman who's 90, who can't get around as much as she used to, yeah. you know, she, you're open to the whole world. I mean, yeah. you can- yeah, that's my mom too. Like, I think she loves yeah. being able to, you know, like when we, when we do talk on the phone, which is rare because she's so into texting, but when we do talk on the phone, she'll, um, you know, it's everything we talk about everything she's seen on Facebook. So anything's going on in the family. Did you see Gina's dog went to the groomer? Did you, you know, that kind of thing. And I follow them too, mom. So well, yeah. Stuff to see, right? It's a recap for me. It's a recap. Um, writes on Facebook and the and the regular like you know thread that goes to everyone. I need help because she thought if she typed that in, like Siri would help her or something. And my nephew in Tampa is like, "Oh my God, Granny needs help. Somebody has to get over there. What's the matter with Granny?" Because she typed this in Facebook and everybody got it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that'd, be, that'd be tough. Mom texted me the other day. She texted me and she said, "I'm home." She's supposed to text before she drives anywhere, right? Because she's ninety. Yeah. And so I'm like, "If you go someplace, just let me know, and then text me when you get home. I can keep an eye on you." And we're only a thousand miles away. I can fly up there if I have to. So the other day, she goes, "I'm home." I'm like, "I didn't know you left." And she goes, "I snuck out." <laughs> <laughs> That's she's hilarious. She's a sassy ninety. She's a sassy little. Maybe. That's sassy. Um, I love that. I love that. I mean, she could live to 120. Yeah, she could live to 120. She could really. She's. Uh, she. It's nice to see those genes. You know, so oh, that that she yeah. can. Tough genes. Yeah, yeah I always say that. Like, my my mom really lucked out with my stepdad because he's like 75 or 76, and he's still working. He's a he's a commercial electrician. He's outside every day in Florida. He's up at like five in the morning. He's at work at six thirty. He works until three. You know, he's but he's so good with my mom and her condition. You know, like all the little things he oh he loosens all the caps on her water bottles for her in the fridge. <laughs> he like slices up apples and puts some little Tupperware things so she has her little breakfast ready to go when she wakes up. It's just adorable. But and still goes to work. He does the laundry, he does the cooking, he does the grocery shopping. And it's just amazing to me. So I I, I love that that That's she she loved. I think my my real dad would not do good at this. <laughs> he would yeah. have given up along it were really early on. But yeah, but, my stepdad's fantastic. With but her. you wonder sometimes if it's that generation or just that person, because my mom, like she never complains. And she when she flies down here, she does the dishes, she helps me cook. She helps me with Dashiell and she's 90. Yeah. And I, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's just that generation. They just, you know, work. They have a strong uh, work ethic. Doers. I, yeah, they're doers. Yeah. Mom, I don't know, but she, 
she just she always needs to be of service or helping out and i mean it's great i love it you know yeah my mom's like giving that up like that's her favorite thing well, she's 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 dealing with something yeah she's allowed but it's uh it's she she does not forget to tell you you know like i haven't been in the kitchen in two years like that's her <laughs> i know <laughs> i know like you know i don't do anything in the kitchen anymore i really don't i'm really two places the kitchen table and the couch you know and yeah. not, not including my bedroom but those that's it and you know she's got an aide that's there she goes to the casino she goes to the casino does yeah she was there today as a matter of fact i haven't worked out a plan with her aide because like yeah. the last time i was there i was feeling like my mother felt a bit defeated you know yeah. and she has not like she was diagnosed in her early early 50s and she worked for another five or six years before it got to the point where she really couldn't work, started using a cane, then a walker, and now it's a walker, a scooter, and, and no energy, no stamina, can't stand for a long time. So she's had this aid for like 13 years, 14 years. Um, lovely Jamaican, jolly woman that I, my mom just thinks of her as a friend so she doesn't like to ask her to do anything because oh, you wouldn't ask your friend right sure. so now i've been texting with nadine and saying hey i have an idea like to get my mom out of the house start slow take her for like through the drive-through because she loves ice lattes Dunkin', starbucks whatever take her through a drive-through or whatever get her out again because she did have that period during covid where everything stopped yeah, and, and and her her brain turned into a big pile of mashed potato. There wasn't yeah. enough stimulation, you know. Yeah. And so now, um, we're gradually getting her back out. And for a while, she was good at getting herself to the casino, getting her scooter out of the van, you know. But I was just there in March, and I saw like a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. And she can't do those things herself anymore. So she's kind of given up. And that was her last thing, you know, was being able, you know, of independence, being able to go to the casino. So I said to to Nadine, her aide, in a text, I was like, maybe you could suggest driving her there, getting her set up on the scooter, bringing her car home, get yours, have the day off, and then Rick will pick her up. My stepdad will pick her up after work. And Nadine's like, that's a good idea. She was like, I said, because I talked about this with her and she doesn't want to. She goes, I would never ask Nadine to do that. Like, <laughs> she's there for you, you know, to help you. Well, so but that generation, suggest, my mom would be the she'll do way. it. Yeah. yeah. But if she yeah. says, hey, why don't I take you? You know, then my mom might do it because she didn't ask, you know. So right. we, worked yeah. it, we worked it out to make it seem like it's Nadine's idea. <laughs> I, think we're, I think that's going to be the winner. So today she texts me and said, I'm bringing Nadine for lunch to the at the casino. So I'm like, oh, that's how they that's how they made it work. My mom, because she loves to take her out, loves to take her her aide out to lunch, out to brunch. My mom does that too. Yeah, I do the they love it. She says the same thing. I don't want to bother her. My mom was was doing great, and she had two strokes last year, year before last. So she slowed down a lot. She's ninety. Also, she'll be ninety. And she doesn't want to ask the lady, you know, her aide to do anything. And I'm like, that's why she's there. You yeah, have that's to, what we're trying to her walk it. with her. 
she's not my physical therapist. I said, it doesn't matter. She's there to help you. How are you going to get walking again on your own? Yeah. And same thing. She hates to bother her. Yeah. I don't want to bother them with that. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you can have Nadine to help you like get dressed and, you know, do your stuff. Oh, I don't want to bother her with that. (laughs) It's just, they just sit at the kitchen table and scroll their phones. And then Mm. they just do this to each other. (laughs) Did you see this? Have you seen that? Are you see? Did you see that? And that's all they do back and forth at the kitchen table. I've been there. I've just watched it like back and forth, back and forth. And then, and they're happy. Like it's, it works. So yeah, my stepdad's always like, ah, whatever works, you know, it's working for them. Like that's yeah, what really whatever works. Yeah. yeah. At that age. Yeah. I mean, they're happy. Let's see. Exactly. That's the whole thing. You just keep like happy. children. I mean, it's if they're happy, like don't poke the bear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't screw up the routine. Speaking yeah. of children, your your kid must be missing you. We've kept you. Yeah, he longer. is. I can feel yeah. him. I feel the door maybe rattling. I'm not sure. Just, <laughs> he's been amazing through all this. He's been amazing. No, he's really he's 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 good. Yeah, he's a good boy. I just heard the okay, the kitchen door just opened. Um <laughs> Well, listen, okay. thank you so yeah. much for spending your afternoon fun. with It was great to see you. It was great to meet you. It was, it was, it was great talking, you know, it was yeah. great meeting Bert too, you know, sharing a lot of the same views and, and hearing, you know. Yeah. Like I really, I admire you, your activism and your work and everything that you're doing and, and the way your mind's working and that, that kid of yours. Love and him. I got to tell you, I have been watching, I rewatch Queer as Folk very often I go back to like, oh, I watched it for the first, I used to watch it back when it was on, then I hadn't watched it for years. And I've been watching it again. I started it and I'm, I don't know, I think I'm in season three now. You look exactly the same. Like how you you must have great genes. Yes, it's like, except your hair is long now, but yeah like perfect skin yeah haven't aged at all yeah. well my mom's jeans i gotta tell you she is really she is pretty tough i mean she's she finally started to have some health issues in the last couple of years i mean but she's 88 of course you know yeah. you're gonna have something but she is pretty tough i mean my 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 dad was mr invincible he's from new jersey i mean he's he's they're just they're tough you know and and i thank them every day for those jeans you know yeah well yeah. i was watching this morning when mel and Lindsay redoing the attic and they were watching the lady with the pearls that made everything seem so easy <laughs> yeah. that's a great so yeah I but that. i had to tell you that i am amazed you look so good and i, you know, I appreciate that i really do because i had my agent my agent came down on me um i had to drop my agent they were so mean to me and 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 talking about well you're getting wrinkles around your eyes and yet i've never had anyone speak to me like this ever it was just uh, yeah, no, I, I don't mean to like throw this in at the very end, you know, but it was just really kind of shocking to me because I feel like there are a lot of women in their fifties working and um, they all have wrinkles. And, and I actually, this is the funny thing is I've always loved my wrinkles. Like I love that. I laugh a lot. I cry. I let my emotions. So I've always like really loved my wrinkles, I think they're sexy. I've had men tell me, you know, your wrinkles are what make you sexy. I mean, I think wrinkles on a woman are beautiful. And so when she said that to me, I was just kind of shocked um, that she said that. And she said, you know, you look like you're in your 50s. I'm like, I am in my 50s. I'm 50. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it was just, it was really shocking. And so we parted ways and it just was really um, kind of mean spirited. I have to be honest with you. And well, it's a she, and she oh, also is in her 50s, and her partner is in her 60s, her, the oh partner in the agency. And no, it was really mean-spirited the way that they went about it. And it was during a time of the year when it was right before pilot season. So I had to scramble to get representation, which I did, yeah. um, fortunately. And the representation I got was better and kinder and lovelier and more <laughs> esteemed. You know, they were just better. Um, so it all turned out fine. It just, I, I just remember when she said that to me and I just, I got it. I'll be honest with you. I'm a 53 year old woman. And I cried. I cried that night. I felt so diminished. Oh, yeah. I felt, um, and I, also felt I, I, I just, it was just, it was so shocking that she would yeah. say that a woman who herself is um, yeah. the same age. And I, I didn't understand. I mean, she could have said many things. She could have said, you haven't worked, which is true because I was homeschooling during a pandemic. Child. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I have no problem. If you say the facts, then I'm fine. You're right. I haven't worked and I've passed on a lot of things, you yeah. know, and yeah. I am sorry. I should have been hustling and making you more money. I mean, I could have that conversation easily, but to attack the wrinkles on my face, it oh. just was a really hurtful thing and it's like the first couple auditions afterwards i had to kind of like get that out of my head you know yeah, i had to yeah, i was going to say that'll play on your mind oh my god it was horrible i was like yeah. oh, get that out of my head get that you know and i had to like watch a lot of like helen mirren and all these actresses i love meryl streep and i have to remember Kate that Winslet, yeah. I, naomi watts jennifer coolidge i mean name a wonderful actress working right now the best actresses right now are all over 50. i um, so agree. I so agree. I was watching the BAFTAs the other night when um, Kate Winslet won, and I, you know, you know how they have that close up, you know, when yeah. you know, you know, they come in like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know what? She looks better now than she did like in Titanic. You know, yeah. like, she just yeah. looks like just beautiful like she was just glowy and amazing and I was I, I mean like I guess I haven't really paid attention to her because she's always I always feel like like in um her last couple of projects she's really played it down you know yeah. looked a little downtrodden but you know like the character you know character. right but to see her all you know all made up but but still like not having work done and you know nothing that you go oh look at her lips oh you know it's, she just looked absolutely amazing. And so I get it. Like, I do think that I think women that they grow old and, and do it gracefully are to me inspirational. Yeah. yeah I just yeah. don't think there's anything to be um, ashamed of. Yeah. At yeah. the audition that I sent her, which was um, to go to a producer, um, yeah. I was crying. I was playing a mom in my fifties crying and, and it was like an ugly cry where I was like, but, but that's the role. That's the job, you know, right. and I've never been an actress that was about my vanity. I find it so uninteresting. You know, I yeah. think it was right. Steph right. that you want to right. fall in love with the art inside yourself, not yeah. yourself in the art. Like, Oh, look at me. It's like, yeah. no, what I do not what is outside of you. Right. And so, I feel like that's who I am. Everyone knows that that's who I am. And so um, I was just kind of like, 
I don't know. It's just so hurtful. I, I don't mean to like throw this in. I just it's like, weird because I would think that, you know, as an agent, um, you would want to be supportive of your yeah. client. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine saying something so, so negative. I think, I think her, yeah, I think her partner never liked me from the beginning and I could never figure out why. And I probably should never have signed with them. I just knew that my main agent there really liked me for many years. Wow. And we had run. And so I think just her partner never liked me. I never liked her, to be honest with her. She yeah. did I just felt weren't cool. But um, so it was just, it, it, anyway, it's just, it's um, an example of how women can be diminished sometimes by other women, you know? Sadly, yeah. by other women. Sadly, yeah. exactly. You know? and, yeah. and, um, yeah, it's not always the uh, a man. It, oftentimes it is, but also we have to write our stories for each other and, and make sure that we don't right. diminish each other. Right. You know? so yeah, sometimes right. when it's really fire and it's from another woman, it really it just fucking right. hurt. Yeah, that would be yeah, that would stick that would sting. That would sting. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'm glad so, you got somebody else though. That's yeah, and they're amazing. They're amazing and uh -huh. really doing some good work. The writer strike happened, so you know, things are like simmering right now, but okay. really wonderful. I landed in a good place. So oh, sometimes, okay. as we say, in the rejection lies the protection, you know. Oh, I like um, that. That's good. Yeah, Robert Gant gave me that one. He's oh, a wild man. Oh, Robert. Bobby Gant. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Gant. <laughs> Oh why! Oh, he's lovely. He he's we, did, we had uh, Scott. We had Scott on the show um, when uh, when Adoptables came out. Yeah, and we surprised him by having Sharon, you know, come in towards the oh. end. It was oh, really nice. cute. Yeah, oh, it, was, nice. it was so good. I love them. Love them all. Yeah, I mean, you guys are so tight knit. They, it, it, you know, he, he had nothing but good stuff to yeah. say about everybody and how close everybody still is you know oh yeah feels Karen like brother did, uh, station yeah. with peter page is uh yeah. is directing producing all that so yeah. it's just like oh my god look how it all just yeah, you know, yeah. So peter cool. directed me in a movie uh leaving barstow that was fun to do something else with him you know yeah yeah i did a, a cartoon with taya uh we did voiceovers oh nice yeah yeah never really got to like you know we didn't like we weren't in the same room ever. Everything was all done, you know, online and over Zoom and all that kind of stuff. But it was cute. Like we, you know, her cartoon character was as gorgeous as her. Like <laughs> funny. Yeah, I played like a fat Middle Eastern <laughs> manager. It's like, she's, like a young she's gorgeous. Yeah. She is, but I'm like, oh my God, the cartoon character is even gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was fun. It was a fun little project. But yeah. Yeah, hey, I, I, I do have to go. I've got okay. to run an errand before um, we go to Taekwondo. <laughs> oh, go, go, go. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for the episode. It afternoon. was so much fun. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it was nice to meet you too. And and if I come to London, let's meet up. Definitely. Keep yeah. me posted. Posting theater. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Why do you always run back to the love you once knew? You've never had two in your dreams. That's true. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. See? And I See? Confess. My addiction is you.